Hello, everyone. I'm Sierra. And I'm Ashley. And this is your Weekly Weekly Dose Dose of Wicked. have to be weird like that. like that was just so weird like come on because i don't know what to say not people of earth hello weekly dose of wicked fans there we go that works better for me also you don't know the only people of earth are listening now the aliens are real oh that's true so, aliens could love us i bet you they do love us maybe we'll start getting listeners in antarctica actually there's nobody in antarctica <laughs> no but it'll be the aliens i doubt that it's very possible much. i doubt that very much okay Maybe. And there's nowhere else for them to be from, so they'll just say they're from Antarctica. Uh, yeah, maybe. I don't know. Sounds plausible to me. Okay, if you say so. Anyway, back to the podcast here. Um, We're doing something weird today. Are we? Yeah, it's 10 o'clock in the fucking morning. Oh, yeah, that is weird. We're recording in the morning on a Saturday. We never do that. It's weird. Yeah, but... Normally we're queens of procrastination when we record the day before the episode comes out. So, yeah, this is weird. Sometimes two days before. Sometimes two days, but we're like on the ball today. Yeah. We're recording three episodes today. We're batch recording. It's going to be lots of fun. It's going to be so much fun. Also, I have something I want to share with you. Okay. I wanted to talk about our fits today. Let's talk about our fits. What you got going on? I'm wearing a purple crew neck that says true crime junkie in cheetah. Is it cheetah or leopard? Oh, I don't know. Me neither. One of the two. One of the two. What else you got on? Leggings. Sounds good. I'm wearing my Weekly Dose of Wicked signature sweatpants. Uh, I'm wearing the sweatshirt. I'm wearing my Weekly Dose of Wicked hat. I'm wearing my hat because I did something. What'd you do? (laughs) Do you cut bangs? (laughs) Are you ready? I wore this hat just for you. I wonder why you were wearing a hat. I thought it was weird, but I wasn't going to say anything because you know how weird you get when I make fun of you. Yeah, because you're rude as fuck. (laughs) Why? Do they look good? I don't know. Do they? <laughs> At the moment, no. <laughs> but they've also been in a hat all morning. No, so. they haven't. I just put them on before I got here. Okay. I wore my bangs out with pride before I got here, but I don't want you making fun of me, so. <sighs> well, they're like stuck to your forehead right now. <laughs> yeah, because I shoved them up in my hat. So I would say at the moment, no, they do not look good. But maybe styled, they would look fine. Well, now you have me concerned because I'm recording video. Should I put my hat back on? <laughs> <laughs> or go to the bathroom and fix your hair. I don't really want to do all of that. I would probably go to the bathroom and fix your hair because they do not look cute. <laughs> anyway, I thought they looked cute. Okay. Well, I'm sure they look fine. I'll send you a picture of what they look like. Not like this, I guess. Because okay. I guess they just look bad. I don't know. But I took a picture of them last night. Okay. I well, think they look fine. They look much better now. Do they? Yes. Okay. Like it's okay? I don't need to put my hat back on? I think they look fine. From far away. I mean, you can't even really see your face. Good. Oh, yeah, because I got this mic, like, right in my face. Look at this. Oh, yeah. Don't ever do that again, please. <laughs> it's really weird. Um, yeah, they look good in this picture. Yeah, I know. They do look good. So, anyway, I gave myself bangs because I've discovered one of my another one of my toxic traits. What? I have lots of them, but... <laughs> yeah, you do. You must be a pretty toxic person. I think I must be, because I have a lot of toxic traits. So, I will do anything. Like, literally anything. To procrastinate doing something that I don't want to do. 
<laughs> yeah. So let's just say, I don't want this to come off as like hate at all towards the podcast because I love the podcast. I love podcasting. But last night, I really did not want to research an episode. I was just tuckered out. I already did two this week. Yeah. So like three episodes in a week was a lot. And I did not want to do it. So I did everything in my power not to do it. So what did I do? I made a playlist for Taylor Swift, the Ayers movie that's coming out on October 13th, which took me a long time. I'd do a lot of research. I could have used that time to research the episode. Right. But instead, I researched Taylor Swift's set list from all of her SoFi shows so I can make us a set list. I mean, I think that was necessary. Maybe not last night. But it wasn't necessary last night. For sure. <laughs> uh, what else did I do? I took a bath where I then Cut bangs. watched the Reputation Tour in the bathtub two and a half hours. Why? Did you spend two and a half hours in the bathtub? I like to soak in the tub. <laughs> did you at least like warm your water back up? Of course I did. It's gross. Like, you made like zero soup. 100%. It was 100% zero soup. It's fine though because I showered after. So then when I got done in the bathtub, I was like, Haha, my hair's pretty dry. I'm going to cut myself some bangs. But like literally I would do anything to not do what I need to do. Yeah. And I realized this last night. It's like, man. I don't know why you're just now realizing this. We already knew this. Because I just don't know that it's ever been like that bad. Like, that was a lot of things I did not need to do. Like, I'll procrastinate shit to the last minute. But I mean, it was literally like two o'clock in the morning. And I was like, well, guys, I'm bursting down to research this case. <laughs> so I'm just saying. So anyway, gave myself bangs. Like, I was like, oh my God, I was up so late doing my episode. One in the morning, I finished. You started it too. Yes. Yep, Ridiculous. and then my youngest child woke up at 5.30 in the morning, just as I was finishing. I literally wasn't even done yet, actually, when she woke up. That's good. Like, I was literally like... So you didn't sleep last night? Uh, I slept for like an hour or two on the couch. <laughs> but yeah, that's all I need, really. It's good for my recovery. Um, I disagree. To sleep for an hour or two. But anyway, I just had to share that with you guys, and I wanted to do it live on the podcast because I wanted Ashley's real reaction of her yelling at me for cutting things. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to send them to you last night, but... I just don't understand why you do this. I don't know. You want to know really why I did it? Why? Because I bought that fedora. Oh, my God. And I was like, oh, my God, this looks this fedora looks so cute with bangs. <laughs> You're so stupid. <laughs> You're not wearing the fedora for over a month. Okay. Gives my time, me time for figuring out my bangs. It'll be fine. My bangs look good. Okay. I like them. That's all that matters. And I think they look fine. I don't think they, they look They do bad. look fine. But then also, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know that I like them. <laughs> Second guessing my procrastination choices. <laughs> <laughs> it was a little silly it was silly but anyway okay that was really all i had to share okay so i told you we were just gonna go you're like are we do we have any news and i was like oh we'll just see where the wind takes us because you had news yeah so anyway um other than that no we don't have anything going on important thing all of the coffee places are with pumpkin now oh that is of dire most important it is now fall so um if you don't not agree, that it matters to anyone who doesn't live in north carolina but if you got a clutch coffee pumpkin cold brew <laughs> That was Sarah saying not good. <laughs> Did you not get that? I mean, they can't see your thumbs down. There's literally a hole in the straw. Sorry, there's shit. I bought them from the dollar store. <sighs> That's not any quieter. I can hear the hole. <laughs> I didn't care if it was quieter. Oh, you meant. Yeah. Because I was like, oh, I need a straw so the listeners won't hear me shaking my ice around. But then the straw has a hole in it. Yeah. That's sad. It doesn't matter though the coffee's trash. I'm gonna drink it though because it was expensive, but right. it is not good. But also anyone it's a no who for me is dog. from around here, clutch is amazing, except for their pumpkin. Their pumpkin kind of sucks. So your pumpkin's horrible. But the rest of their coffee, delicious. Um clutch and I have a love-hate relationship, so I'm not gonna agree with you on that. <laughs> okay. Well, I don't have any problems you know, with them. You know how we fight sometimes. Well, I don't have any problems with them. I like them. I like clutch fine. But sometimes they piss me off. 
Yeah. Well, most coffee places do. Piss me off? Piss everyone off. Okay. Whatever. Anyway, back to the podcast. So, um, yeah, we don't really have anything else going on. So do the things. Uh, I did revamp the Patreon a little bit. You guys should go check it out. There's some new perks added. How do you do that, Ashley? How do you get to the Patreon? Oh, you go to patreon.com forward slash weekly dose of wicked. That is true. That is true. Um, I also added tags to the episodes to make it easier for you guys to find what you want to listen to. So there's like little tags. It's like Patreon exclusive. Ashley episode. Sierra episode. So if you hate Sierra and you only want to listen to me, you can. <laughs> don't rule your eyes at me. <laughs> or if you hate me and you only want to listen to Sierra. I don't do care too. who you want to listen to as long as you listen. What else we got? Anything? No. Do all the things. Go to Facebook. Go to uh, Twitter. I mean, X. Go to Instagram, YouTube. Follow, like, subscribe, whatever you do at those places. Apple Podcasts, ratings, review. Also, Spotify has a ratings now. Oh, cool. They probably always had ratings. I don't know what I noticed it. But um, if you guys listen on Spotify, can you go in there and give us a rating? Because I don't know who the hell doesn't like us, but our rating on Spotify is only a 4.5. Oh, my gosh. That's not good with me. But they don't have reviews? No, and it doesn't break it down, like, of, like, what you got. So I just feel like some asshole gives a one-star review, probably. <laughs> probably. Or, like, a one-star rating. So if you guys have Spotify, go over there and give us a five-star, please. Yeah, we would like that. Because on Apple Podcasts, we're, like, at a 4.9, which I'm fine with. Right? 4.5. That's a little dicey. 4.5 is a little low. I don't like that. Yeah. That could take a turn real quick. Yeah, yeah, it could. So I don't like that. So head on over to Spotify, please. Give us five stars. Other than that, we're ready to jump into this episode. Okay. I'm gonna set the scene. Okay, do it. I really am nervous. Why? Because normally we don't discuss episodes, but like sometimes we like kind of hint, hint, and we didn't, and I'm just nervous that like one of your episodes is going to be my episodes. Well, what's the name of your episode? It doesn't matter. Just go. Well, it's too late now, I guess. It is too late. Okay. I was just real nervous about it last night, though. Well, mine take place in Colorado. Okay. We're good. And Illinois. We're good, then. Okay. Set in the scene. Breckenridge, Colorado. Send it. Let's go. Okay, Breckenridge, Colorado. Small. Oh, pause. What? Pause the fuck out. This episode comes out on the 6th of September. Yeah. And we are going to shout out to Amanda because she's getting married. Oh, yeah. So we're going to shout out to Amanda Kaya and Brandon Michael Whalen. I don't know if you want people to know your middle name, BMW, but there it is. <laughs> Congratulations. They're getting married on September the 9th. She's one of our Patreons. She is a Patreon. And Brandon is our cousin. Lots of fun. So she'll be our cousin soon, too, as soon as they get married. I'll be going. It'll be lots of fun. Unfortunately, Sierra cannot. I will not be going, unfortunately, but we're not going to talk about that. Don't want to make you cry. It'll make me upset about it, so don't talk about it. I already had to deal with my crying children this week about it, so. Yeah, poor babies. Because they were really upset, but. Anyway, we just want to shout that out real quick. Uh, so sorry. I'm so sorry for stopping you from telling the episode, but I want to make sure we got that out before. Okay. Thank you. Since it was a Patreon member. Okay, so married. am I ready now? Yes, you're ready now. I'm so okay. sorry. So should I start back over? Yes, please. Setting the scene. Okay. Breckenridge, Colorado. Okay. It's a small ski town, and the population is about 5,000. Okay. So very small. That is very small. But they do attract a lot of visitors throughout the year. Mm-hmm. Are you interrupting me again? <laughs> no, I forgot that we're, like, recording video and I'm over here, and I'm like... <laughs> Did you see me, like, ripping my hat apart? No. <laughs> I need to get my life together since yeah, we're recording this video. So we're recording some video. I'm sorry. I'm just being really fucking annoying. We're recording video, and I'm going to make some shorts for TikTok. So no, if you, you guys want to see annoying. reactions, head on over to Tickety Talk. You are being annoying. But I'm sorry. Okay. I might not, actually, on TikTok, because I don't actually know how to do it. So. <laughs> okay. But I'm going to try and figure it out. Okay. I'm so sorry. So Breckenridge, Colorado, population of the ski town, 5,000 people. Yes. Lots of visitors, though. Okay. 
So in the winter, they have an annual snow sculpture contest. I love that. Me too. It, it brings me back to the young days of the Monster Sink. Yes. Ski sculpture. It's not ski sculpture. No. Snow, snow sculpture, sculpture. We made. W- yeah, that I made. I helped. It was my snow sculpture. Okay, but I helped. Okay, you may have helped. It was my snow sculpture. I wasn't old enough to be entered. Was I in middle school or elementary school? Middle. Okay. Fifth grade. So, yeah. Yeah, but that is elementary school and pretty much everywhere else in the country. Well, not New York. No, not New York. Yeah, I was in fifth grade and they had like that. Yeah, it was so fun. We had a great time. Mm-hmm. We did... Monsters, Inc. I know. We did Mike. Randall. S- Randall. Was and that Sully. it? Though? I don't think we did Sully, did we? I think we did. No, I think we just did that scene where Randall is like running away with the tanks. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. So I'm saying I don't think Sully was there. I think yeah, it was I think it was just Randall. them too. It was really great though, but I came in second. Yeah. I'm sorry, we came in second. I mean, it was yours, but I I helped. didn't even do it. <laughs> mom, dad, mom and dad did it, and then they called them, like, Uncle Mike and Aunt Lisa for backup. Yeah. It was a good time. Yeah, it was, second, it was a lot of fun. And then being the good, wonderful person that I am, not toxic at all, I used my winnings to buy everyone pizza. That is true. Because I won 50 did. bucks. For that second, is true. For second prize, and I got us all pizza. We had a pizza party. Yes, yeah, so that's immediately what I thought of. I was like, oh, nostalgia. So people around the world come to celebrate. Not to celebrate. To participate in this <laughs> contest. Okay. Um, they're also part of a huge triathlon. Okay. Which is North America's longest ski mountaineering race. Okay. In the summer, they host a music festival. And in the fall, they have an annual film festival. So, lots of festivals in this place. I love a good festival. So, I don't know. Sounds like a pretty cool town to me. So, this case takes place in the 80s. And the population then was even smaller. It was only 1,000. Okay. That's pretty crazy. That's pretty tiny. So, Annette Schnee, who's 21, was an aspiring model and flight attendant. She moved from Iowa to Breckenridge, Colorado to pursue her dreams. She was young and full of life, and she was full of life and dreams, and worked two jobs to reach her dreams. On January 6, 1982, Annette had worked her shift at the Holiday Inn as a housekeeper, and after work went to a doctor's appointment. Following that, she hitchhiked to a drugstore to get some medicine around 4.45 p.m. She was then going to hitchhike home to rest a little bit and change in her uniform to work as a cocktail waitress that evening. Why are you shaking your head? Why is she fucking hitchhiking? Because it's the 80s and that's what you do. I don't like it, Ash. Well, me either, but unfortunately it was very normal. I know it was, but every time we got these people hitchhiking in these crime shows. I know, that's bad. Yeah. Yeah, so. Okay. That's what she was doing, hitchhiking home to get her work uniform so she could work as a cocktail waitress that evening. Okay. But she didn't make it home. And the last time she was seen was at that drugstore. After two days of Annette not showing up to work, a co-worker reported her missing to the Frisco police. And they started an investigation where they spoke to some witnesses at her job and at the drugstore. Multiple people did recall seeing her at the drugstore and reported that she did go to hitchhike home. Um, But unfortunately, she didn't have a roommate. Her family lived in Iowa. So there really wasn't anyone to report her right away until she was missing work. Um, the police go to her house, and her waitress uniform is still at her house, meaning that she did, in fact, not make it home. And her trail ended at the drugstore. She seemed to vanish without a trace. Um, like I said, her family lived in Iowa at the time, so they came to help her. Um, not to help her. Well, I guess to help her. But they came to help with search parties. But Annette's body was not found. Everyone that knew Annette said that she was free-spirited, kind, determined. There were no enemies of hers that anyone knew of, and no reason that she would have disappeared on her own. She didn't even have her own car to get anywhere. She hitchhiked, so... Did the police think that she may have ran off to start her own life? 
I didn't read that, but possibly. Okay. But she had already kind of ran off to start a new life. She right. moved from Iowa to Colorado. Okay. So. Well, so I was thinking maybe she was doing it again if the police thought that, you know. I mean, they may have thought that, but that was not in any articles that I found. Okay. Good. It wasn't that they just, like, didn't take it seriously. There was just nothing for them to find. No, I understand that. I just wanted to make sure that she, you know, they, that wasn't their scapegoat. I mean, no. It looked like they actually investigated, but they just didn't find anything. Okay. So, she didn't have a car, so if she were to go anywhere, she would have to hitchhike again or use some form of public transportation, and there was no record of her using any public form of transportation. So, without much to go on, her case went cold pretty fast. Would there have been much record in the 80s, though? I, mean, what I don't know. You would have had to, like, buy a plane ticket or a bus ticket or a train ticket. Okay, but, like, in the 80s, you didn't even have to show a freaking ID to get on a plane. You didn't even have to show, an ID, like, nothing to get on a plane and freaking before 9-11. I, I mean, mean, you would have to still have, like, your name, though, right? Yeah, but, like, would you? I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know. I'm not a flying expert, but from my understanding, the airlines were very lax pre-9-11. Like, you could have been like, my name's Mickey Mouse, and they would let you on a plane. I don't know. I from didn't my understanding. before then. Me neither, because I was 10. Yeah. Right? Yeah? No. 2001? I was 9. 9? Yeah. I was 4. So, 5? 6? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Old, ever old I was. You were. Five. If I was 9, you were 5. Hmm. Okay. So, I don't really know how that worked. I'm just saying there's probably not a lot of paper trail anyway for public transportation. I mean, yeah, probably not, but I'm just saying. No record. Okay. I just feel like there probably weren't records kept, so. Okay, well, that's what it said, okay? That there was no record, so. I'm not dissing you. I'm dissing the 80s. Okay. And they're like laissez-faire life. I mean, yeah, it sounds pretty nice. So, in the laissez-faire 80s, there was also a lady named Barbara Oberholzer. She was 29. <laughs> last name. Like that first last name, I thought you sneezed. Schnee. <laughs> like Barbara Schnee. What was her name? Not Barbara. Annette. Annette Schnee. Like for a second I was like I was like, oh, that's her name. Okay. And yeah. now we got Barbara Affenhauser. Like what was her name? Oberholzer. Okay, whatever. <laughs> Oberholzer. Well, how are we making fun of people's names? It's not very nice. I know it's not nice because she probably dies too, so I'm sorry. Yes. It's just not I, the names are just funny. Uh, the problem is, is I'm so tired. Oh, <laughs> I'm so tired. Yeah, I know. You're being kind of annoying. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, it's because when I'm tired, I get funny. Yeah. And when you're tired, you get grumpy. So that's the problem. This isn't a good combo. <laughs> that's not true. Sometimes I get funny. Very rarely. Okay. Anyways, Barbara Oberholzer. You just get very easily annoyed. So yes. Okay. Barbara. <laughs> She's 29. Barb. She goes by Bobby Joe. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. But that's what she likes to be called. She moved from Wisconsin with her husband, Jeff, to Colorado. There, Jeff owned his own appliance repair shop, and Bobby Joe worked as an administrative assistant in an office. On January 6, 1982, Bobby Joe had just received a promotion at her job, and she went to celebrate with some friends at a nearby pub. Fancy. Get it, girl? Mm-mm. Um, this, the plan was for her to hitchhike home that night, and her husband, Jeff... Oh, my Jeff, God. <laughs> what the fuck? It's the 80s. It's normal. Oh, my God. Stop hitchhiking. I know. I wish they would. Was there not, like, news to tell them, stop hitchhiking? Well, this was on the same day. Oh, okay. Did you not hear that? January 6, 1982. Okay. I wasn't paying attention that closely to the dates. Same day. Okay. So, the plan was for her to hitchhike home. She called her husband, Jeff. He knew this. Um, she told him, or she told him around uh, 6.20 p.m. She left the pub around 7.50, but never arrived back home. Jeff was waiting for his wife to come home. He fell asleep watching TV, but he did wake up around midnight and Bobby Joe still wasn't home. And he said immediately he knew something was wrong that was not like her. So he went out looking for her on the path that she would have went and he went back to the pub to ask around, but there were no signs of Bobby Joe. 
So he went to the Breckenridge Police Station to report her missing, but they said that it was too early and he needed to wait 24 hours. At this point, it had only been like a few hours, and police said that maybe she just got caught up with her friends, you know, she was out celebrating, um, and he shouldn't worry. He said that he knew something was wrong, it wasn't like her at all, she would have called him, she would have came home, something bad went down. Right. So the next morning on January 7th, Jeff received a call from a rancher in the area who said that he found Bobby Joe's license on his property. Jeff immediately drove over, and on the way, he spotted her backpack on the side of the road, along with um, her glove and a tissue, which all had blood on it. Ugh. Yeah. So, since the police didn't take him seriously the first time that he went to them, instead of ha- having them help him, he called his friends and arranged a search party to look for Bobby Joe. Okay. Around 3 p.m. Like that it. day. I like that a lot. Yeah, he was like, you know what, screw these cops. He's like, fuck them, man, we're doing it. Let's go, boys. Yeah, good husband. I like that. That's a good husband right there. Mm-hmm. So, around 3 p.m., they found Bobby Joe's body um, off the road in a snowbank. Oh! Oh, my God. I know. How awful. I know. Yeah, especially bad because, like, it was her friends that found her. It was not the police. Right. So they Or, didn't... like, a random church party. Like, right. like, it was, like, her friends and, like, her husband. Right. Ugh. Yeah. So they did notify the police then, and they started an investigation. She had been shot um, twice, both in the back, and had zip ties on her wrist. Mm. Not far away from her body was an orange sock and a homemade keychain, also with blood on it. Mm-hmm. The keychain was made by her husband, Jeff. He said that since she had hiked off it, he wanted to make sure that she had something to defend herself. So he made her a, like, self-defense tool on a keychain. Okay. Didn't do her very much good. No. That's sad. That is really sad. But he was, like, even thinking of that, and it still didn't do any good. Right. But it's crazy that they're like, oh, hitchhiking might be dangerous. Oh, well. Right. Like, I understand it's the 80s, and that's what we do, but, like, let's not. Okay, but, like, is that what they did in the 80s? I mean, it is, because they do it all the time. But, like, I just feel like there had to have been somebody going around. If I was in the 80s, I would have been going around spreading hitchhiker awareness. <laughs> Don't hitchhike. Also, um, you know, it was winter. There was snow. So there was footprints all around the body. Mm-hmm. And they were kept um, pretty good since it was in the snow. Right. Since there was blood at the scene and footprints, it revealed that there was a struggle between Bobby Joe and her attacker. And she was running away from them when they shot her. The autopsy revealed that she had died from blood loss from the gunshot wounds, um, and they were able to test the blood at the scene and determine that it was not hers and it belonged to someone else. Oh, good, good. That's kind of advanced for the 80s. Yeah, I don't know how they did that. Hmm. I mean, I'm sure it was just, like, maybe blood typing. Right. I don't know. But um, they talked to her friends that she went out with that night, and they said that Bobby Joe was in good spirits. She just wanted to go home before then, be with Jeff, so she said that she would just hitchhike home, and that wasn't unusual for her, so they weren't worried about it. They all said that there was nothing suspicious while they were with her. Um, someone did come forward and say that he had saw Bobby Joe that night at the hitchhike station. So see how normal it was to hitchhike in the 80s? They had a hitchhike <laughs> station in their town. Like a bus stop? I guess. I'm picturing, like, you know, a little station with lights and seats. Go stop. But I don't know. Anyways, they had a hitchhike station. He said that he saw her there. And, um, you know, he pulled up. And she asked him where he was going. He said, I'm about five miles out of town. And she said, well, I need to go 16 miles. And I don't want you to leave me out in the middle of nowhere. So I'll just wait, see if I can find a different ride. Right. This man was cleared as a suspect. Um, They started with Jeff, who said that he was home by himself that night. So not the best alibi. No. Um, Bobby Joe's family also raised some concerns that they felt that Bobby Joe's and Jeff's marriage wasn't very good and they, um, not as good as they had made it out to be anyways. 
Only a couple of months prior, Bobby Joe's mom got remarried, and she traveled back to the wedding, and Jeff didn't come with her. Mm. Her sister says that, um, and he was also from Wisconsin, so that was kind of weird. Right, that is weird. And her sister said that, um, you know, they didn't really talk much about Jeff, but she said that, like, they just felt off. There were a lot of rumors around town that Jeff had been cheating on Bobby Joe, so the police felt like this would be a motive, a way out of his marriage. But again, that blood was not his. Right. It was the hitchhike murderer. Yeah. Obviously. (laughs) So the blood wasn't his, so they um, rolled him out. So even though um, these murders were on the same day, the police departments were different. Right. And they don't have to share anything. So So they had no idea that the other murders had happened, and they didn't connect them for quite a while. So on July 3rd of 1982, a young boy was out fishing with his dad, and he found a body in a stream. He contacted the Breckenridge police, and the body was determined to be Annette. Okay. You just told me they never found her body. I didn't tell you that. I mean, they didn't find her body before. Okay. I feel like the way that you said it was like they never found her body ever, but okay. Okay. Well, I'm sorry. They did find it on July 3rd, about six months later. Okay. So it was in a stream. He contacted the Breckenridge police, and it was Annette. Um, she was also shot in the back, and the um, like angle of the bullet. She was running downhill, like away from them, or away from whoever shot her. Mm-hmm. It was suspected that Annette was sexually assaulted because of the appearance of her clothes. Her pants zipper was broken, and her shoes were on the wrong feet. But because she had been in that stream for so long, they couldn't really be positive. Her body was like preserved pretty well because it was so cold out for so long, but um. Now that it was uh, summer, she had started to decompose. Um, No, like, DNA. I mean, they didn't really have, like, a ton of DNA, but, like, nothing was recovered from her body. But they did find an orange sock on her left foot. Hmm. They immediately knew that this case was connected to Bobby Joe, because, remember, they found an orange sock at her scene. Yes, I remember. Um, So they both had the orange sock. They were both shot in the back, and they were both hitchhikers. And their bodies were found only 10 miles apart. But both cases were cold, and no one saw anything. Um, they did find something strange in Annette's pocket. They found a picture of a man, but, um, despite all of their efforts, they could not identify him. Her family had no idea who he was. Um, they released the picture to the public and no one identified him. They also found a business card in her pocket to an appliance repair shop owned by Jeff Oberholzer, Bobby Joe's husband. Well, that's weird. Yeah, quite a coincidence, right? Yeah, that is a pretty weird coincidence. So when they questioned Jeff, he was like, no, I don't know who Annette is. Never. I have no idea who that is. Never seen her. And so then they're like, well, let's just look at a picture of her. And he's like, oh, yeah, I do know her. I've met her before. I gave her a ride. Sometime maybe last summer. What? Yeah. He said that last summer he gave her a ride and he gave her his card in case she ever needed anything. Okay. And he said, but that was it. Just a ride. Nothing else. He didn't really know her that well. Just that one time. But this brought Jeff back to being a suspect. Well, yeah. But he didn't match that blood from Bobby Joe's scene. And they connected these murders. So if he didn't kill Bobby Joe, then he didn't kill Annette. And he did take two polygraphs, and both of which he passed. Could the blood on the scene have been Annette's blood? Maybe. Okay. But I don't know that they um well tested that or thought of that. Or maybe there wasn't any blood of Annette's to test. Because she had been dead for so long. Maybe. Okay. I don't know. So... They clear him, and they're brought back to square one. So even though there were developments with Annette's body being found and the cases being connected, they quickly went cold again. 
Okay, a new thing we're doing here. Here's a moment for an ad. (laughs) (laughs) That was awkward. It's fine. You're an awkward girl. It's fine. Da-da-da. Now we're back. Now we're back from that ad. I don't know. There might not even be a fucking ad there. I don't even know. Yeah. If there was an ad there. If there was an ad there, cool, cool. If there wasn't an ad there, cool, cool. I don't care. (laughs) There may have been an ad there. There may not have been an ad there, but whatever. Yeah, we don't really know how this works. But anyways. Anyways, back to the case. So um, this case did stay cold for almost 40 years. 40 years? 40 years. That's now. Yeah. The fuck? I know. You're so proud of yourself. <laughs> like, okay, cool. I don't know, I'm proud of myself, but it's just crazy, isn't it? I'm like, that's 40 years. I know. <laughs> okay. So in 2020, mm-hmm. um, someone who was on the cold case team heard about this thing called genetic genealogy. Ooh, yeah. Do I don't think? know. I sound like the biggest cold chill ever. I don't know. My whole body, like, ooh. that's weird. Anyway. Okay, so... Genetic um, genealogy. Yes, genetic genealogy. And he knew that there was blood at Bobby Jeff's scene, so he pushed to get it tested with this new technology advancement. Okay. In January of 2021, matches came back for two men named Alan and Bruce Phillips. So they were brothers. I had no idea. I know. That was This is news to me. This is so surprising. <laughs> Thank you. Bruce never lived in Colorado, but Alan did. Oh, okay. In fact, he still lived near Breckenridge. Oh, so police went to talk to Alan, and of course, he denied it. But they did test the DNA against him, and it was a match. Hmm. Alan was arrested for the murders of Bobby Joe Oberhertzler and Annette Schnee 39 years later. Pretty insane. 39 years. They were able to, like, arrest him and convict him off of that? <laughs> Maybe, like, yeah. some blood? I mean, okay. Yeah. Hmm. Pretty much. Did they confess? No. Did they get found guilty? Can you let me finish? Oh, okay. I thought that was the end. Like, the way you said it was just like, all right, cool, we're done. No, I still got a whole, like, three pages left. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. (laughs) The way you said it just sounded very final. No. Oh, okay. No. I'm sorry, I apologize. It's okay. So the theory that the police um, formed was that Annette was picked up first. She was sexually assaulted, which resulted in her sock falling off in his vehicle. Somehow she got out and began to run down the hill towards that stream, and he shot her as she was running away. A few hours later, he picked up Bobby Joe and tried to assault her, but she was a fighter. She fought back. She used her self-defense keychain, her husband had made her, and she got herself out of the vehicle, and a struggle continued. When she got out, the other orange sock must have, like, fallen out with her. Mm-hmm. Um, when she began to run, he shot her in the back and left her to die and bleed out. Okay. This, of course, made major news channels. Well, yeah. Cold cases solved for 40 years usually do. That's pretty crazy. Yeah. So, when... Um, what exactly is genetic genealogy, though? Let's talk about that. That's like when they run it against public genealogy databases. Okay. That's the thing that we have, like, a gray area on. Right. Okay. Right, but it did solve this case. I know, but it's a gray area. Yeah. I don't know, like, what one they use, like, how... Right, because there's not really any public ones, so... Right. Like, that's the thing. Most of them have, like, said No. Right, but this was also in, like, 2020. So they hadn't said no yet, right? I mean, wasn't that, like, a... I feel like it was about when all of that was... Stopping it. Yeah. It was probably, like, right that's about, like, when 2023... When 23 and Me and, like, Ancestry.com, like, those websites were, like, no. Yeah. Well, maybe it was, like, right before then. I'm not sure. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, it is a gray area. We don't really know how we feel about that. Okay. 
So when this made major news channels. What? No, go ahead. Go ahead. No, it's fine. I was just going to say, like, that's what I thought gen- genetic genealogy was or whatever. But I just wasn't sure. I, I didn't want to be yes. wrong. Yes. Like, I didn't want to not know what you were talking about. Okay. So a former fire chief called the police to tell him that he remembers a very strange incident on January 6, 1982. It's so weird that he remembers that 40 years later. <laughs> it involved Alan Phillips. He says that he actually rescued Alan in his truck that night. So that it was a pretty crazy story. So a plane was flying and had seen lights flashing SOS below them. And they radioed into air traffic control. And then they called the local police. And the fire chief was, you know, near the place that this truck was stuck. So he said that he would go check it out. He pulled up to a truck next to... Um, he pulled up to find a truck stuck in a snowdrift on a passive road that was pretty dangerous to be driving in the winter. So he assumed it was probably just a tourist who didn't really know any better. But when he pulled up, he knew the man immediately. It was Alan Phillips, a local miner and mechanic. Hmm. The fire chief asked him what he was doing, and he said, Oh, well, you know, I'd been out drinking, and um, I wanted to avoid main roads, avoid the cops. So I came the back way, and I got stuck. How crazy that in the 80s, we're using drinking as an excuse. Um, that's not crazy at all because <laughs> I mean it is crazy. I no listen. I watched a video the other day and it was in the nineties. Yeah, and it was like people that were angry that they'd pass laws that were like prohibiting drinking and driving. I know. They were like, "I'm a hardworking man and I should be able to drink a beer on my way home." Like they were pissed <laughs> in the nineties. I know it's just so crazy to me that, that was ever like yeah. a thing. No, I mean, I agree, but it doesn't surprise me because I literally just watched that video not that long ago. And, like, these women that were like, my husband works hard and he should be allowed to crack him a cold Bud Light on his way home. (laughs) And, like, I don't know. And I was just like, no, that should not be allowed ever. Right. Like, open container? No. Right, but it was. I know, but it's just crazy. (laughs) Yeah. Drinking and driving laws actually were not really a thing at all until, like, some states were, like, late 90s. Yeah. Which is insane Mm -hmm. to me. Yeah. Yeah, crazy. So the fire chief said that he recalls Alan having a bruise and a scratch on his face. But when he asked Alan, he said that he had slipped and fell in his face on his truck right before he got there. Hmm. The story checked out. I mean, he knew Alan. He was a good guy. Yeah, Um, of course. He was drinking, so it would make sense that he, you know, fell a little hit his face. So he helped him um, get his truck out of the snowdrift. And, um, yeah, that was it. Then they went home. Hmm. And then this story had actually made the news because of how of a miracle it was that Alan got saved. Because if he won it, he would have frozen to death that night. It was a negative 20 degrees. Is that not insane? Seems like maybe we should let him freeze. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, that's pretty freaking nuts. But then if he would have froze, um, they would have never solved it. Yeah. I mean, I guess. So, on November 7th of 2022, Alan Phillips was found guilty for the murders of Annette Schnee and Bobby Joe Ulvohertzer. I cannot say that name. <laughs> no, I feel you say it differently every single time you say it. Uh, she, he was sentenced to two consecutive life sentences without the possibility of parole. He did try to appeal his decision, saying that the DNA was contaminated and mishandled, but it was denied. And Alan Phillips died by suicide on February 27th, 2023. Hmm. Pretty insane. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. So, there's lots of theories that he, like, you know, killed a lot more people, but he was never found guilty on anyone else. Hmm. I mean, it's very possible he killed two women in one night. Yeah. So. Yeah, pretty insane. Yeah, but nothing else was ever tied to him. So. I don't like that. I don't understand why 
People that were in the 80s, alive in the 80s, that listen. I'm sure we've got listeners. Why the fuck were you guys hitchhiking everywhere? Right. Did you just not have cars? Like, you couldn't afford cars? Like, I feel like cars were probably pretty affordable in the I 80s. mean, both of these girls, I don't think, could have afforded cars. I think that was the issue. But her husband had a car. Right. Pick her up. I mean, I think. I never said he had a car, but I assume he had a car. He did have a car. He picked up and gave a ride to the other girl. Oh, yes, that's true. It's just your case, Ashley. Get it together. (laughs) (laughs) Come on. Okay. Yeah, so that's kind of bull squash that, like, his wife was hitchhiking when he had a car. Right. Get up and get her. Pick her up. Right. Yeah, and it was only 16 miles. I mean, it wasn't that far. Right. Yeah. So I know the girl, the first girl, Annette. She was young. She was 21. She was just, like, just trying to make it. Had two jobs. Like, she said it was what year? 1982. That's what I thought. And then um, Bobby Joe and Jeff, I mean, you know, they were 30, but they were still... Was credit not a thing? I don't know. Okay. The economy was deepening into recession in 1982. Then employment rate higher than any time in post-World War history at 10.8%. About 12 million people were jobless. According to the Department of Labor, the average car price topped $14,000. So, okay. But I mean, I just feel like credit was, was credit not a thing. I don't know. Could they not have financed a car? I mean, maybe, but maybe they just didn't want to. You know how people then were... Weird about getting money. Loaning money. I mean, that's not a bad thing. No. That's probably would help our economy now. If we were still weird about loaning money. Mm-hmm. But yeah, um, Annette was young, so she, you know, was just trying to make it. She definitely didn't have a car. And um, Bobby Joe and Jeff were, I mean, they weren't young. They were 30, but, I mean, youngish. And um, they were... They had only been married, like, four years. They were, had just moved from Wisconsin to Colorado. Like, they were kind of struggling, too, so. Right. But he had a car, so he should pick his life up. I mean, I agree. He should have. But he didn't. So, yeah, that is it. Lots of twists and turns on that one. Yeah. Mm, that was a good one, though. It was. I felt so. I've never heard it. Where'd you find it? What'd um, you watch? I think Dateline and 48 Hours both did it. Hmm, interesting. Never seen it. Yeah. It was pretty crazy. So I think 48 Hours did it, um, like, a while ago. Yeah. But then Dateline just did it after I started researching this case. Isn't that crazy? Oh, that is weird. Like, it's a new thing? Yeah, it just came out. So. Yeah, that is weird. Hmm. All right, well, I liked it. Yeah, because I started this case, you know, like, two weeks ago. Yeah, I know. All right. Well, that was a good one. I liked it. Yeah, thank you. All right. Well, thanks for tuning in, guys. Bye. Bye. Hey, everyone. If you like what you heard and you want to support a small podcast, please give us money at www.patreon.com forward slash weekly dose of wicked, where you can join one of our four amazing tiers, starting at just a measly $3 a month. That's literally 10 cents a day. You can join the Slightly Wicked. After that, we've got the Moderately Wicked for just $5 a month, followed by the Awesomely Wicked for $7 a month. And for those high rollers, big ballers, we have the Extraordinarily Wicked. So head on over, check it out. If you like what you see, join it up. If subscriptions aren't your jam, head on over to www.com 
buymeacoffee.com forward slash W-D-O-W, where you can give us a one-time donation to buy us a coffee or, you know, like podcasting equipment, which would probably be a better use of our money. Feel free to give us a follow on Instagram at weekly underscore dose underscore of underscore wicked, or you can just search weekly dose of wicked and we'll pop up because we're the only ones. Or you can give us a like on Facebook at facebook.com slash weekly dose of wicked. Or you know what? You could just do both because that would be better for us. For a direct feed of our podcast, please go to www.weeklydoseofwicked.buzzsprout.com. Great news, guys. We've made it big time. And you can now listen to us anywhere you listen to podcasts. Yep, yep. Even Pandora. They finally let us in. Make sure to come back next Wednesday for your Weekly, weekly Dose of Wicked. But um psh. happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com